0: Can you hear me, Mario? Are you there? You're forced me to talk to other people. Good morning, Garrett. Hey, buddy. buddy. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, you saw great. All right, big. good. I mean, literally, this is literally Mario's job. <laughs> he has one thing in the entire world that he needs to be able to do, and you can't even hear him on on the space. <laughs> He's probably in one of his chambers doing something
1: there, and this the signal isn't isn't working too well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, our, our our mutual friend, Gorov, who's a VC, sent me a picture a couple days. And since uh, Mario can't hear, I'm going to just talk about it. Uh, sent me a picture of Mario the other day. And so he's in this white, like, I guess, white chamber. It looks like a rocket ship of some sort. And his head is sticking out and his hands are sticking out the front. So he only has access to his hands, like from the wrists up. And in his hands together is his phone. <laughs> And he's like locked in this thing, and there's no way. Like, I'm thinking he can't put his phone down, right? There's no way if, if he puts his phone down, he'll never get it again. it will slide right off the side. So I'm wondering how long he's sitting in this thing. Oh man! If he's on spaces and if he, he like only has access to his thumbs, Mario, your commitment to uh, extending your life is is impressive. If you're if you can. That was it. that was
2: uh, that was my New Year's uh, New Year's Eve while you know, all were partying. I was in that little cabin uh, that was the first time i do it, it was the send i sent it to you because i tweeted it like don't feel don't pretend you're special because you saw it it was posted with, with whatever tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands that saw it so
1: do you mario use- do you use like uh like i i've i've used those uh shield your body type things like when you have your laptop on your lap to keep like the radiation from just going right into the body do you deal with that stuff too or
2: no i'm buying it as we speak shield your body laptop
1: oh my god i I actually use that man the amount of time that my laptop is on my lap on top of my you know what like i'm like all right listen let's not risk it here
0: but gareth since you're here you don't need any more you don't need any no i've actually been fixed already so that's
1: not an issue but uh (laughs) <laughs> but it's you know um, I'd rather not have one one of my balls bigger than the other, you know what I'm saying?
0: Mario, what was that thing for you? Gora, I didn't see it publicly. Gorov sent it to me because both of us were trying to call you and we had a call scheduled with each other, so we were laughing that you weren't answering your phone and then we had our call. Oh, okay. I was meant but, to uh, I don't know,
2: I was meant to be on the call with you guys. But yeah, I um I uh, I, I posted it after sending it to Gorov. So you probably got a sneak peek on early peek, or maybe I'll send him a different photo. But this is like a, a it's a different type of sauna. I don't know what type of sauna. And it wasn't in Dubai. I wasn't in Dubai at the time, but it's a different special sauna. Uh, but now I'm, I'm back to the... Is that,
0: is that basically to prevent your... Because I've heard that, you know, sauna is ideal for your body and maybe not for your head. So is that so that your body gets the effects and your head does no, not? No, no. What was just else. shocking to me was how like small your, uh, you know, Like you had no access to your hands. Like, how long were you in there and could you ever put your phone down?
2: It was 30 minutes. I could put my phone down just like on the spot. Uh, let me let me pin the, the tweet for anyone else to see. I'll try to find it. It's actually... Actually, buried among all the Epstein
0: tweets, we're posting every. T- it literally, looks like you Literally, looks like you're like being bored. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'll send it. I'll, I'll try to pin it at the top. Um, but the the um, since Gareth is, have you had Gareth every day this week? How, how often have you had him? Because I haven't. No,
3: okay. we yeah, haven't. That's what I thought. We haven't. Because
2: no. I, I always get I always said this. I always get like that feeling of of relief that Gareth is here because he kind of gives me that very simple recap of the markets in a very easy to understand way without going through all the technicalities. Um, so, so I'll find that tweet, but in the meantime, Garrett, can you please explain to me what's going on? Cause like yeah, one just... second, I, I, one second I'm covering the Iran thing. I come back to crypto and everything's pumping. Everyone's happy. I'm like, great. Then I go off. There's another explosion in, in Beirut. i go to cover that. I come back and suddenly it's the biggest dump
1: since whenever. Yeah. So, so I think the biggest thing to just keep in mind people is that, that, because of the leverage in the system, the algos and and the bigger players are having a field day with it, right? So they're able to flush it down and wipe out a bunch of people one way, then they, they rip it the other way and wipe out a bunch of people the other way. And there's so much energy and excitement in crypto that it honestly, it makes people take position sizes that they probably shouldn't. And it makes them easy targets for these kind of liquidations or just, you know, emotional reactions. Um, which is why, again, it's it's always better not to use leverage and 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 trade within your means, so you don't get those scenarios. But but really, at this stage, you know, Bitcoin has had a monstrous rally since October, up from about twenty five thousand. We've touched forty six, or just about. Um, this is all on that speculation about the the spot ETF, which is going to be approved. I know we've had rumors this week that it wasn't, but uh, you know, every morning I tune into CNBC just to kind of get my bearings on what's going on, and every morning I'm seeing at least every ten minutes a bitwise ETF spot etf commercial and they wouldn't be paying for commercials uh, if if it wasn't going to be approved now the bigger question is is does is price going to go up dramatically and i think i you know on market mavericks yesterday scott and i talked about this and we both agree that over the long term yes i mean it's just going to increase adoption and people investing in, in it but the shorter term is the trickier one right you have a lot of people that have gotten in long here A lot of people that expectations uh, are to make, you know, oh, it's going to 100K real quick. Uh, I'm not so certain on that. I I think that, again, these bigger players are very meticulous in how they pick up and, and leverage themselves and, and, and accumulate. And it wouldn't shock me to see a, a move down at some point. We might pop to forty-eight 000 to 50,000. That's kind of my max upside here. There's a ton of levels, including the 618 Fibonacci level up there. Um, but I do think we probably at least touch 38 and maybe 30 at some point this year before it continues to move up.
0: When I finished with my yes. YouTube, I actually tuned into Ran, Mario. Like, uh, with, I did, uh, me too. I, I, yeah, I don't usually get to watch his show. It's funny. First of all, I tuned in and he was showing my wife's tweets about taking shots every time we mentioned an ETF, which was <laughs> a, kind of a surprise. But, and he was doing shots of vodka. But uh, actually, I saw uh, on his show that the January options expiry is 50K. Uh, so uh, at least the you know the f- futures are expecting a pop up yeah, yeah, so, around so, fifty, Gareth.
2: Yeah, yeah, so, so the premium. I want to ask about the CME futures as well. What does that indicate, uh, Gareth? And and also maybe touch on the volumes as well. Has that picked up? Yeah, drastically Is that enough, because because you know the volumes are still thin. Then then. Uh, it wouldn't be too hard for the price to fluctuate.
1: Yeah, and I think that's part of it, right? I mean, volumes have picked up a little bit, but they're not astronomical at this point, which makes price very vulnerable to these quick moves up and down, uh, and easy to to hunt stops and liquidation prices as well. And I think yeah, like like uh, Scott saying that it's interesting that you have that options expiration target of around 50k. What that tells me is that it pro- price probably is is going to be below 50k because the bigger players that that sell these options, they don't want to pay out, right? So so you probably have a pretty strong level at 50 K of resistance.
2: Um, and the other question I had that were, so we're talking about volume. Okay. So one thing you've talked about the long-term price increasing in Scott, I, you know, I, I apologize for asking things you've already covered, but maybe so in the audience, they' would be a good, no, recap good for them along with me, but the, you talked about the, the, in the short term and ran. So, so Scott, I did watch ran today just to recap on everything, considering uh, I've been off for a bit. Um, and, um, you no, know, he had a similar, I probably copy you, Gareth, We had a similar expectation. He expects the price to pick up a strong week to 50K and then back down uh, as that gets priced in. People are like, all right, cool. Now that's it's, it's already approved, when it's going to be approved. How much money is going to be coming in? And I uh, actually watched Kyle's show yesterday as well. to going kind to of get a recap. Ryan and Kyle, who's on stage with us. But Gareth, um, you said the same thing. And there was a quote by somebody. It's like a quote I've always used, but never for crypto, or never at least for the price of Bitcoin. But it's like the the people tend to overestimate the short term impact of things, but underestimate the long term potential. And I think it applies perfectly for the ETFs. So that people are expecting for Bitcoin to pump when the ETF gets approved, uh, but it probably do potentially do the opposite. Um, and and once it gets priced in people might be disappointed at the the initial slow influx of, of funds into the space, but then over time it's going to
1: beat everyone's expectations. Yeah. I think, that yeah, I it think that's like that. dead on. Right. I, I think that, you know, if you go to someone who's not a believer in Bitcoin, you know, it, they're going to hear, okay, the spot appro- approval was done. It's not like Im- immediately they're going to be like, oh, well, in that case, let me throw like 50K or 100K. And it doesn't work like that, right? It takes some time. People are going to have to learn more about it. You know, we obviously deal with kind of this bubble where everyone here that's in this is probably hardcore crypto. And we live in this bubble. But if you go outside the bubble to, you know, the mom and pops out there, they're still very skeptical about what the heck is Bitcoin? What is crypto? What's this scam? And I see SPF on TV going to jail. Like, like, they don't necessarily differentiate uh, between Bitcoin and what he did. And I think that creates, you know, they need to be more informed and that will happen over time. It's just going to
0: take time. We touched on it yesterday and I'm not, it's not in front of me, the actual numbers, but the Bitwise uh, RIA survey, I thought was a real eye opener yesterday for those. At least who think that the approval is priced in long-term, right? We can debate what's going to happen to short-term price Endlessly, I think we all know that this is a good catalyst and a positive catalyst for Bitcoin and crypto long term. But when you looked at it, and RIAs, they are the great unlock here for the Bitcoin spot ETF. I don't think there's much debate about that. These these are your registered investment advisors. A, they have a fiduciary duty to their clients, and therefore, they literally can't tell you, Even if they want you to gain exposure to Bitcoin to go buy it on Coinbase and put it in self-custody, they have no control there, so they won't do that. They need a product that they can put people into. And the more cynical view, obviously, which I've said before, is that they'll make fees on now recommending Bitcoin via the ETF to their clients. But basically, it said that 39% of them in the survey, it was over 400 of them surveyed, this yearly survey, just said that they don't think that we'll see a Bitcoin spot ETF approval in 2024. Now, go against the experts who are saying 90% by next week. That means you have a huge gap there in the expectation of whether this product will even exist and by the end of this year. And then when you dug in further, I believe 88% of them said that they were waiting for a Bitcoin spot ETF to gain exposure to Bitcoin. So... It can't be priced in if literally only twelve percent of them are willing that want to to buy Bitcoin without this product. So I think that long term it's really really clear.
2: Yeah, so, so, so do what, you think, do, Why do you think they don't Simon, just one. Sorry. Yeah, no, I had one quick question. I'll give you the mic, Simon. Um, it, so when they, so if you said eighty-eight percent want are waiting for the um, for the ETF to enter Bitcoin. What's the process like, Scott? I'm not sure if you've discussed this in previous spaces. And kind of the point you made is a point that we made even prior to the New Year's and Christmas break. And, and uh, we had one of our speakers say, like within our circle, everyone knows the ETF is coming. Uh, but when you when you go outside our little crypto bubble, uh, the the tradfi world, not everyone knows this. Not everyone's following crypto as closely as we are, and they might be surprised by the ETF approval uh, where we won't be. So that that might be priced in in crypto." in crypto terms, and for crypto investors, but not for traditional investors. But going back to the question is, if they want to enter crypto with ETF, how quickly can they do that?
0: I mean, they can do it quickly, but uh, I think that the my expectation here is that the approval is a trader's event and that most people are positioned. You know, And I think that aligns with what you and Gareth were saying. But I think that most RIAs, they're not wasting their time right now having that conversation with clients yet, right? They're going to wait to see that it's approved. Like I said, 39% of them Think it uh, Only 39% think they'll see it in 2024. So that means that at least 61% of them aren't bothering to talk about Bitcoin at all with their clients, right? So what do you have a client call with your RIA every six months to rebalance and talk about your priorities? So my expectation is that over the next year, they'll start to tell their clients about this if they are interested in Bitcoin and then it'll take movement. But yes, in theory, they can put the money in right away. I don't think that there's people sitting on the sideline, dying to buy Bitcoin who aren't doing it today that are waiting for tomorrow. Uh, so I do think it's a longer-term catalyst, although there may be some of those people.
2: Yeah, and Scott, i give, give Tom and Simon the mic. Just for the audience, I wanna go through the comments. Do you think, um, this the, the, already all been priced in, do you think the markets will do well once the ETF gets approved, will it pump? Um, or will it be stagnant or will it actually dump? Um, and everyone will just sell the news. So I'm curious what everyone in the audience will think. Just let us know in that purple bubble on the bottom right corner. Um, sorry, Tom, Son.
4: Yeah, I just wanted to hit on a bunch of the, the great points that were made here. So, you know, at Gareth's point about marketing, these guys didn't spend all of the time and effort and legal resources not to market the shit out of this thing, right? You're going to have 12 of the biggest names in finance, not only putting commercials out like a few of the smaller players have done, but BlackRock and the bigger guys haven't even get involved yet. Like I am not looking forward to watching Super Bowl commercials this year. I'm not looking forward to turning on Fox News or CNBC over the next two months because it's going to be a Bitcoin bonanza. To the RAA point, you're going to get folks that now can charge their 1% of fees. And as Scott mentioned, those meetings occur every six months. So that rebalancing is going to occur towards the back half of the year. We're going to see continual inflows. So, you know, initially we might see a little pop down, but you're going to have a steady influx of capital coming in, not only from the RIAs, but those 401ks. So for those unfamiliar with kind of the U.S. setup, you know you put money into your 401k every paycheck every two weeks it goes into a set data of you know funds you've allocated to whether that be the S&P 500 or bonds or whatever bitcoins now could be in those lineups right like fidelity is one of the biggest 401k brokers in the US there is no doubt they're going to put the bitcoin etf as an option for folks to buy and the second step is actually putting it in target date funds those funds are prepackaged funds where you say like Here's my equity, here's my uh, fixed income allocation based on my age, and it automatically buys a package of those again every two weeks. And this is actually what's propped up the stock market a lot of the last you know, decade or so is that you have price indiscriminate flows coming in to actually purchase assets no matter the level. So we're going to start seeing that a lot for Bitcoin in the back half of the year and as these things be- start to become more normalized. so. You know, we're going to have a and the Bitcoin market is still really thin, right? So these things are just going to have a continual background bid into the back half of the year. So any dips, people are going to be really, really, uh, I think, disappointed in by um, as we get to the end of 2024. And I think the I think the point to kind of add to that is you know the the inflows are super critical. Um, kind of the 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 piece to add to that is we have the Bitcoin halving coming in, you know, roughly 100 days. And that reduces, you know, the amount of Bitcoin being created from about, you know, $1.2 billion at this current price point a month of Bitcoin that, you know, is is being primarily sold into the market by miners to, you know, around $600 million. So you have, you know, a huge reduction in kind of selling pressure. And then you have this sort of, uh, we'll see kind of what level of inflow buy pressure is created by, you know, the access to these vehicles that people are going to have. I think a lot of people have pointed
0: to this sort of perfect storm for Bitcoin right now. And, you know, I'm hesitant to continue to point out all the things that line up cyclically here. But we had this Bitcoin spot ETF catalyst, obviously started by BlackRock that we've been talking about ad nauseum for the last six or seven months. That sort of preempted the existing four-year cycle with the halving coming that you just mentioned. I mean, you have this increase of demand that even if it's not huge, even if it's a trickle, it doesn't really take that much more increased demand for Bitcoin to go up. And then you count the, you know, the halving and the supply, new supply being cut in half. And then you get a likely liquidity cycle coming into an election year. It's, you know, anything can happen. It, just does rationally seem to line up very well here for a, a bullish Bitcoin setup. And more importantly than all of that, literally, you have every catalyst in the world. But the most important thing is that Dr. Donish bought Bitcoin. And he's here and he bought it. And I don't know if that's top signal, actually. That, that might be Kramer-ish. But uh, Donish, man, are you a proud, happy Bitcoin holder now? I see you on stage. I had to go there.
3: I know, I know. So, so just to be clear... I did not buy it over some B. So I I put up a tweet up there again, just to be clear, my thought process around Bitcoin is on as a long-term holder, because I think, and Scott has been very good at convincing me that it's an uncorrelated asset. You start looking at the data. There's no single thing that it's correlated to, which makes it really helpful in any portfolio. And that's the thought process. And I will be gathering Bitcoin as things go up and down sideways. And that is my thought process. But beyond that, Putting that aside, I, I have to ask, you know, I, people are putting together some very compelling conversations here, but none of it adds up. And I want to remind people that in the short term, don't be other people's exit liquidity. I just want to be clear that all of this sort of, uh, you know, the bull run is here. The Bitcoin ETF is coming. There's going to be billions pouring in. You think people are stupid? You think you're the only ones that can think like this? This is obviously, clearly not what the market's doing. The market's not even close to all-time highs. You would think that we would have passed all-time highs if that was the case. At that time, there was no conversation around ETF. There was no conversation around inflows. Having was farther away, and yet the numbers were higher. We had
0: futures ETF. We had a futures ETF which marked the top at that point, and and CME futures, CME futures, and CBOE futures in the previous. You
3: have to admit that it does not add up. That if it was so bullish. And everybody knows this. There's nothing hidden here, right? The ETF, according to you all, is a guarantee in the next week. Like a guarantee. But, Dan, according,
2: according, but according to us, Dan, it's not according to the TradFi guys. Yeah, but. That's what I was saying earlier. That in the traditional that world, they don't. know
3: more than the regulatory capture TradFi people? I am sorry. No, no almost, almost. No, 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 they almost, they, almost. So, but They don't care. They don't care enough. They don't that care enough. Zero living. sense. Because you know what? Jamie Dimon is the highest paid government employee in America. I'm telling you, these people know way more than you do. They are in those rooms. They know what's going to happen. They know it before you do. Yet no no money is pouring in yet? That makes absolutely no sense. There's something else here. I don't think this is going to be this crazy event that completely changes Bitcoin. I think we should caution. I think think 150% in a year isn't no money pouring in. It is no money pouring in when you think about scale. Think about BlackRock. Think about Vanguard. Think about the scale, the fidelity. Think about the scale that we're talking about. That level of scale is just not happening. And I'm sorry to burst the bubble. I know I'm the bubble burster that comes up here and everybody hates on me and I love playing villain. I have no problem playing playing villain. Again, I now own Bitcoin and not a small amount, a decently large size amount. And I'm going to make it about 1% of my portfolio. I'm letting you guys know exactly what I'm doing. But I'm not doing it because of some bullshit around having some bullshit around these narratives. I'm doing it because again, it fits into a broader portfolio that makes sense in the long run. Everybody's got a different approach. That's my approach. Just want to be clear.
0: You also the day that I I remember, obviously you and I had the conversations about idiosyncratic risk and I kind of uh, was trying to hammer that point, but you also, I will remember the day that you finally decided was a fed meeting and you couldn't believe Powell's words.
3: That is true. I had, and this is what I'm trying to say, which is, I just don't believe people generally anymore. I think the Fed is completely making up data. Look at the data today. If after what came with the jobs report today, if you watch the jobs report today and you're sitting there asking yourself, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. It sounds incredibly political. By the way, if you look at the uh, out of the last 12 jobs reports, they've all been brought. They've all been revised down. Why is it that headline numbers look great, but then so I'm losing faith in our government and in our government entities to be able to give us real data. And so when that happens, you start saying, okay, things are not correlating correctly. Things are not going correctly and people are pumping and dumping in TradFi, which is, has happened for years, but at a level that we've never seen before. So, uh, you know, again, I'm thinking more in the long run and everybody's got a, a different approach towards this. You all are free to go after and chase this one-time event. But I will tell you that this concept of one, it's priced in. It's not priced in. If it was priced in, we'd be past all time highs. Uh, I, I don't care what any of you say. If it no, truly it's, was it's priced not
4: priced in, in. long term, it's not priced in.
0: So it's, it's not priced in. So I that's mean, number one. So, we're in, so no, no, so, no, 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 no. So the There's
3: ETF. No so then the, the ETF. So either people that are trading crypto are idiots. Uh, I can believe that maybe, but uh, you know, like either they're idiots and they don't see that, or maybe it's not as much of a slam dunk as people think it is. That's number one. Number two. It's actually not going to be as cataclysmic of an event afterwards. And three, the having may or it's, may, or may not matter. It's I'm not a short Something term doesn't add up. That's all I'm saying.
5: Event. All I'm saying is something doesn't add up. That's all I'm saying. Well, get Kyle. What do you think of uh, of uh, Danish's thoughts there? Well, he says that he's not he, he's not subscribing to any of his narratives. But what I think what he's failing to understand is that. The the narratives that he's not subscribing to are the narratives that define Bitcoin mathematically. So it is the having priced in the, the having that mathematically reduces the supply of Bitcoin. It is a fact that it is, you know, uh an evolving asset class that's brand new that Wall Street has never had an opportunity to come into before. It is all of these things that that he said it wasn't the reason that he was buying it for. That is exactly the reason why he's buying it for, whether it's it's you know now considered an uncorrelated asset or not. The reason it is the way it is, is because of those things, right? If we didn't have a, defla- a, a deflationary type of supply, if we didn't have having, if we didn't have global adoption on a massive scale, like it wouldn't be uncorrelated anymore. It wouldn't make it a unique asset that it is. So I, I, I think that like a lot of things that you said are true. However, I think that maybe you've just failed to realize the actual reason that you're buying the asset.
3: Well, my, my point was very, very different, which is if you take that into account, then you would see, again, you have to assume that the market is at some level rational at, at broad scale, right? There's nothing that's stopping people from getting in or out into crypto. There's no regulatory issues here. So assuming free market principles, I know that that's not the case exactly, Dave. I know, I know. But I'm just saying, if you make that underlying economic assumption, if you make that underlying economic assumption, then the market should be acting accordingly. And I don't know, Kyle, but tradfi people they know a lot more about what the government's going to do than crypto people. No offense, they do. I'm telling well, you, I, they
5: I, do. I agree. That's that, that's why that's why Jamie Dimon, when he was telling everyone that he was going to fire them for trading Bitcoin, was uh, at the same time buying it with his European entity um, the whole time. Like, and, and yet, we have why, not yeah, passed he's...
3: all-time highs. Something doesn't yeah. add
5: up. But you, in, the, in the same um, in the same kind of uh, study that that Scott was referring to earlier, another another statistic in there was that only 19% of advisors uh, said that they're able to buy uh, crypto for their clients at the moment, too. So, you know, there, there's still a bunch that just haven't been able to. Um, and then there's just, you know, there's just a, a huge majority of people that are f- afraid to, to go buy it. They don't know how to do it, you know, like take my parents, for example, or take any, anyone else. I mean, however, my mom did actually convert her. 401k via f- Fidelity into Bitcoin in 2015. Um so that was interesting. But uh but yeah, anyway, I I I definitely think it's not priced in for sure. But regardless, we have the halving coming up, we have a, a normal market cycle we're coming into anyway. So and and I do think though that on some of the discussion earlier that Scott you're talking about and things like that, and and um and Tom, um while I do think that there's a lot of people that, like, you know, I worked in sales for a long time and I know that these, all these uh, RIAs and people that want to make commissions off of selling this asset class, like their biggest, their biggest sales tool they have right now is literally talking about like historical data and seeing exactly what happens every single cycle without fail, post-having and how the price reacts, right? And so this, this, this conversation shouldn't be happening from an institutional perspective to their clients in six months from now, the way for them to optimize the opportunity is a sense of urgency. And in six months from now, you won't have the same sense of urgency as you do today, right? Today, you have all the tools you need to go and pitch a great sales pitch, right? And close a lot of a, a lot of deals. And we know, all of us know, we've seen the commercials, we know the marketing, we've talked about this time and time again, that it's going to be a massive uh, race to see who can get the, the biggest you know, AUM. That's how they're going to make money.
6: Dave and Simon. Thanks. So <clears throat> I want to address both points that uh, Dr. Donish makes, and, and he probably is going to guess about one of them. But I, I, I want to talk about the narrative second. But just on the why are we not at the all-time high, I think it's really kind of funny you know we have to remember some history a year ago we were at sixteen thousand. we had just suffered the collapse of ftx there were people who thought you know many it was i don't know how many times with bitcoin's obituary has been written but it was a big deal there are a lot of people who have that memory and at the end of the day the one thing we've learned over the last week and we've learned it before we learned it multiple times is that on the margin pricing is being determined by crypto speculators And yes, it's a bigger universe than it was a year ago, but it's still a small universe, relatively speaking, in the global economy. And we saw it. You know, Reuters comes out with a story, wham, $3,000 up. Some ridiculous report from some matrix board analyst, you know, Wham! You know, take, fl- use it to flush the you know the, the 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 leverage out of the system. It's still a relatively closed system. The issue that matters, however, is will there be new money coming in? And yes, there has been new patient accumulation for the last six months that we've all seen during this rally, and it's patient accumulation. And, and every time we, how many times have we seen you know? rallies only to get faded and faded a whole you know the, the entire amount so we understand that <clears throat> but the etf narrative is not priced in 100 percent. i mean a couple of pieces of data first poly market right now even today there are people that, that it's only 82 percent chance on poly market that it will be approved within the next you know by the end of next week when most of us think that, or the end by the 15th, I think it's sitting at, you know, there are a lot of people who are very skeptical, you know, whether or not you agree with the matrix board analysts, there are a lot of people who are skeptical. Second, broker dealers are not allowed to touch Bitcoin. They can't. And that's why you have the cash creation redemption. I've written an article about why that is not that big of a deal and what it does mean, you know, on Bitcoin magazine. But the fact of the matter is that it really isn't a big deal, except to know that, It's not priced in because all the people who you would think would be buying can't. And if you're an employee in those places, the PA accounts, personal accounts of people on the street, probably some of them are, but there's some career risk there if they're doing something that they're not supposed to do. Financial advisors, the Bitwise Report, we've already talked about it. But the most important thing to understand is the narrative. And the narrative is Bitcoin, and I've said this a million times on this space, well, not in this space, but on others, that Bitcoin trades like an option on its own adoption. If Bitcoin is to reach digital gold, it's going to do so at a price somewhere in the neighborhood of 10, 15, or 20 times where it is today. It's not there now. That's really the question. Why isn't Bitcoin digital gold? Well, it's not digital gold because it doesn't have a critical mass of adoption yet. And by creating it as an ETF, it creates the possibility for global adoption. And that's what matters. here's some data for you. Of the global equity markets in the United States, somewhere around 28.2% in the last quarter is is, uh, equity trading volume of ETFs. And it's somewhere between, eh, give or take... Uh, where was the data? I think it, in the, yeah it's 12.7% of equity assets in the United States. Now, think about 12.5% of, of Bitcoin assets being taken offline in a world where we know that over 75% of Bitcoin assets are being hodled. Just think about the marginal impact of what that, is, what that could be. Now, is it going to happen immediately? Of course not. It's going to be much, much slower. And so this is a, a sea change in the narrative, but it's going to play out over a cycle and that's really the point that i'd make.
7: simon and then Austin. yeah uh, D- donish isn't just a bitcoiner now he actually sounds like a bitcoiner he doesn't trust government he says i don't trust the data don't trust verify he's got the whole bitcoin mantra going on i look forward um to to seeing it. um but yeah you know the like if if you try and think about um throughout bitcoin you had the market manipulators, the the speculators, the traders, they would play every kind of game out there. They would send, you know, thousands of Bitcoin to an exchange in order to panic sell people um, and then they'd take the opposite side of the trade. So all of those games have been playing all along. On the other side, you've got the Bitcoin investor that doesn't care about the game and just accumulates every single month. Um Then you've got TradFi, right? Well, TradFi market manipulators are already in. They've got their futures. They've got all the games that they've been playing with CME. That's been going on for years. So the hedge funds have already been playing all the games. And so the part of JP Morgan that engages in market manipulation and all the games and uh, the short-term stuff is already in. So now you've got the new volume, which is the investor, is is the pension funds that just buy no matter what every single month through an ETF in a tax-efficient way, you've got all of the registered investment advisors pitching what we've been pitching for the last 12 years about the maths and code, the halving cycles, the historical data, um, legitimizing it from the perspective of somebody that thought this was a currency just for drug dealers and terrorists and human traffickers. They're unwinding all of that narrative All of the previous um, pricing was based upon a massive percentage of the world having that understanding. And now the narrative is going to be changed by everybody. And that final bit of volume is those that are the investors, not the manipulators, not the speculators, not the hedge funds. It's the patient money that's just going to buy every single month um, and rebalance based upon what's happening. So that's interesting. Yeah. And, and
0: Simon, interestingly, in that Bitwise report, I, once again, I'm not looking at the actual numbers, but one of the final key points was that people who buy Bitcoin statistically don't ever sell it or, uh, or continue to buy over time. And so that's not an audience that, uh, when they come from the investment side, uh, really leaves. Yes, so ahead, the question Austin, I yeah.
7: had for you on the report you said that yeah. um, most. Uh, you gave a stat I forget the stat but you were saying they're 88% um, yeah they're waiting for the spot Bitcoin ETF why do you think they wanted the spot Bitcoin ETF rather than another another way of getting exposure Uh, it's a great question my my instinct says they want the name BlackRock (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately. Uh,
0: And and also like, uh, it's funny, I've been sort of playing in my mind the scenario for like what Gary Gensler's speech is going to look like when we get these approvals. Uh, How will he cope or justify all of this? And, And my gut instinct is that he says basically just that, that, uh, you know, we were waiting for our, quote, unquote, trusted Wall Street institutions that we knew were safe and would track this accurately and would not manipulate the price to come in and, and uh, you know, take ownership of the asset. And now we have, you know, BlackRock and Fidelity. And so, of course, now I'm willing to approve Scott, this, I'm but also everything I'm else is tracked.
3: Track. <laughs> He's going to take victory Labs Scott. You said when. And I'm going to say if still, I still think it's an. If. I, think I will. I will say. I
0: will fair. say if. I, 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 yeah, I think it's still is, an if. It's fair.
3: And, and, and I, by the way, it's an if because of Gary Gensler. And I think that there might be the official federal rug pull that might occur here. And I, I really am. I would not be surprised if this does not happen under Gary Gensler's. Right. Yeah. It and Dave,
0: I do agree. Dave, I do agree. It'll be a victory lap. That's what I'm saying. He'll say, listen, I understood this asset. I've understood it from the beginning. I needed to make sure that investors were protected before I gave them this product and that it was with trusted entities that we get it. Right. And that that to me is going to be the uh, the clear oh, coping mechanism and justification.
6: Because understood, just but never that, purchased it's or it's used it. it. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say to Donish this thing. The thing that you have to understand is, is Gary is not dumb. He's actually a very smart man. We may not agree with what he wants to accomplish, but he's smart. And politically speaking, if he says no now, it goes right to the courts and he looks like a a monkey's uncle because he'd have broken all precedent from the institution. They don't when the staff and, and it's very clear the staff agrees with this. When the commissioners override the staff, it's big news. When the commissioner override the staff and they are in violation of the courts, it's even bigger news. Meanwhile, on the flip side to that, he can take a victory lap here. I wrote this months ago, but the fact is he can say, look what I've done. I've made it go through this process. I have surveillance, I have the bigness names. I've made it safe. And, And by the way, he can distinguish it from, to help even from Liz's perspective, he can distinguish Bitcoin He's not a Bitcoin maxi, but maybe he is. He can distinguish Bitcoin from the rest of crypto. And that's another thing that, that that's important here.
0: Exactly right. Austin, you've been waiting patiently. Sorry.
8: <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally fine. I was gonna say one one of the things that's interesting to me listening to the debate on priced in versus not priced in is as somebody who has worked extensively with the RIA community in investment management. You also need to think deeply about the time frame on which these things are going to show up, especially now that we're in a non-zero rates environment. Right? We live in a world where if the ETFs are approved today or on Monday, right? And you think about what does it do to get these things integrated into model portfolios for RIAs so that they can go to clients and actually try to get them to allocate to this in a sustained way. If you think about the framework that needs to be built at most of these places for what are you allowed to say to clients? How do we pitch this thing? What research do we have, right? like All of the policies, procedures, like making the sausage to do it takes a lot longer than people think. And so to me, watching the market price, if you're, say, an informed TradFi person looking at it. I think a lot of what we're seeing is people do think it will be big, but not right away. Like, this is a snowball starting at the top of the hill that's going to need to roll for a while to get to critical mass. And if you take that view, especially because it's not free to put money into something if you don't think anything's going to happen for a while, then the price action actually makes total sense as to where we're currently standing with the ETFs coming Right, Because anybody who's a hardcore Bitcoin person has bought it already. You can just go buy it yourself. There are other ways to do this. That means the addressable audience we're looking at bringing in are not the like deep believers, are less sophisticated about this thing. That means they take time. That means they need advisors. That means they need trust. All of those things take time to be built up. I really do think people need to slow the roll on immediate adoption, but in some ways be more optimistic on very long-term adoption because of that.
0: I think those are absolutely great points, Ark.
9: Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Mario Scott, uh, first time uh, speaker, long time listener here. Um, I'm Gen Z. So, a lot of us and Gen, uh, and I guess millennials, are, you know, we self custody of our own funds and things like that. But I think that the majority of people with, you know, the wealth out there, they don't actually are interested in self custody. You know, like they actually want to have their RIA take care of, you know, the Bitcoin for them, but they want to have exposure to this asset class. So, this is the first ever time, obviously that we have a asset that has a maximum fixed supply, even deflationary, that's going to be, you know, finally bridging the gap with, you know, TradFi. So this is going to be a, a long snowball effect, having tr- probably like, you know, trillions come into this space over time. Obviously, I, I think that, you know, we're probably going to reach, I would say like 5 to $10 trillion of market cap for Bitcoin in this cycle. But this is not going to go away. You know, I had the epiphany with Bitcoin six years ago, you know, This is a hedge against inflation. And if you look at the spot ETF for gold in 2020, in 2004, uh, and you look at the gold's price right now, it's just continuously going up into the right. Yes, inflation goes into it, but it's still going to keep going up because it's just a superior asset than something that's going to be printed into a gazillion. So we have something that has no middlemen that you're going to be able to, you know, have all these people and all these people on the streets that you can talk to, you know, they have no idea about bitcoin yet you know they still think it's magic internet money you know we've all learned about this a long long time ago but the majority of people have no idea how to even utilize this technology yet So
2: when you when you just wanted to jump in you said 5 to 10 trillion dollars market cap like, i'm very bullish on crypto very bullish on bitcoin uh, where would you get 5 to 10 trillion dollars from
9: i think that just be like from looking at last cycle, Bitcoin almost reaching three trillion dollars of market cap. It makes sense that this this cycle coming around is going to be even higher than last cycle. You know, um, but all coins as well. I think all coins will have a trickle effect. You know, ETH will might even reach a trillion and and in, uh, in market cap. You know, you have other things like Casp, other things down the line. I think that Bitcoin. You know, realistically, with the ETFs, the having a bullish U.S. presidential candidate coming into Q4. Most likely on both sides of the aisle, I've heard verbiage, you know, we're probably need some positive regulations coming into the mm-hmm. space, you know, eventually. So I think, if, you know, it's it's just in it's just inevitable that this is going to you know keep getting bigger and bigger. I'm way more bullish on mm-hmm. Bitcoin than a shiny object called gold. You know, there's really only one use case for gold; it's jewelry, and that has a ten yeah. trillion dollar market cap.
2: Can, can can we, can, can, Scott? Maybe one thing we could do is look at the scenario. What happens? What are the possibilities of an ETF not getting approved? Why would that happen? And if it doesn't get approved, what happens to crypto? Uh, we can guess what happens, but maybe we're good to get some thoughts on that. And then the, well, the second one is.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. No, please. I forgot the second point. So go ahead yeah I, I was just saying i mean the quick answer there is we had one of those days that gave us hints two days ago right when uh matrix sport analyst news goes viral listen we we all know that that was a leverage flush but like if even somebody's sharing the idea that going public that the etf might not get approved uh sends price down from you know 45 again not the catalyst but i'm saying that's what the news pointed to 45 to 40. i think we know that an outright rejection Uh, would be really, really rough for the market. I do think that the bulk of the move that we've seen to the upside of crypto at this point in the cycle, even in advance of the halving, uh, is all because of the Bitcoin spot ETF approval anticipation. So I think a rejection would be really, really bad for price.
3: By the way, I just want to say that people that are looking at this as an uncorrelated asset don't automatically assume it's going to go up into the right. We actually don't want that. Uh, because that doesn't give you any uh, opportunities to buy and improve your portfolio. If you are actually thinking about this long-term, I will say it's nice to hear young people still being super optimistic about everything. It's incredible. Uh, It's actually kind of nice to hear. But I was going to say that we just have to be a little bit careful about the fact that we've seen this before. People have made narratives before, and people have been rug-pulled a million times before. This is not the first time that everybody's on one one side. And when everybody's on one side, it's always better to be sitting. Said- a lot of
2: a lot of people made the comparisons to the gold ETF. And what happened to gold prices when that got approved? Dave, I think you talked about this in one of the spaces. Can you make that comparison uh, for the audience and whether we're going to see the same thing now with Bitcoin? Austin, Dave, or anyone else? Well, Simon, I- maybe you can help.
6: I think it's important. I mean, history doesn't repeat, it rhymes, right? The gold ETF was the first way that people could buy gold in brokerage accounts, in IRAs. And in that respect, it's the same. But there was never an issue. You could always, there were still gold trusts and papers, you could own gold coins, et cetera. And frankly, around the world, I mean, if you look at India, you know, the, the person before, the reason I bit a thumbs down on gold's only use case is jewelry, I actually disagree with that. Platinum can also be used for jewelry, used to be more valued than gold, and now it's half the price of gold because, frankly, the jewelry use case is nowhere near as important as the monetary use case of gold. And, in fact, if you look at, you know, the Diwali, you know, buying of, of gold jewelry in, in India, a lot of it isn't to wear, it's as a store of value. And so I think that there's a lot that's similar. What's different is, There wasn't this sort of impossibility of something being in the financial system, and it wasn't kind of a curiosity. And gold was bigger to start relative to other assets and was still seen as an uncorrelated asset by traditional finance before it. So if anything, the narrative change here is much, much larger. But I totally agree that this is a wave. It's a long-term thing, and, and it doesn't happen immediately.
0: I believe in terms of price action, by the way, Mario, it was up for two or three weeks uh, after the ETF, something like that, and then actually a slow bleed out for many, many months uh, before gold actually went parabolic with the ETF. I have we, to look at the chart for the exact yeah. timing. But yeah, it was a short, yeah. short move up, uh, bleed down well below where it was before the ETF, kind of a choppy sideways down for you know 10 months, something like that. Not looking at the chart again and then parabolic. How, how? How? Yeah.
2: So, so do you have? Do you remember the time frames? Like how when it spiked? I'll up? I'll have to look it dollars.
0: up. I'm just yeah. I'm not looking. In, I'm not exactly in front of uh, my chart, unfortunately. But somebody Depending, else may it, have some. Comment. Yeah. That Someone else. General is gist up. of how it went though: up for a little bit, down for quite a while longer, and then you know, obviously from just what happened. Yeah. So,
2: so, so the 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 long term impact. Uh, being underestimated, which we talked about earlier, short term overestimated, long term underestimated. In gold's case, it was long, long term that was underestimated. Um, but it, Joa, you wanted to comment on the gold comparison? Joa, you yeah, there? yeah,
10: I'm here. Uh, not the gold comparison, but the 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 cycle comparison. Every single time, for since 2012, been trading this thing. There's always a mid cycle top a few months before. To having right, um, typically you could see it with the stochastic. I never say the word right, but the stochastic always shows there's a mid-ter- midterm top, and this is why back in October, when you're asking, Will we see above 36? and me and Rand, I think, we're the only ones who said yes before the end of the year. Um, and that's because it was at fair market price, it wasn't ETF was not priced in. I think there's people who are front running it now. Um, the fact that Donish, Donish bought it now. You know, new people into crypto crypto feel pain, so that's even more of an indicator to me. But every every four years, there's always a mid cycle top. It's always a few months before the having. We're at that time right now. I don't see this being another rally. I I expect twenty to thirty percent pullback, thirty six between thirty two, before we start to see its those steady climb up. Long term, super super bullish. Uh, short term, I don't think it's bullish. I think. Uh, I think the media is going to run on the fact that maybe half a, half a trillion – um, um, sorry, half a billion dollars comes in and they're going to be like, oh, it's, see, it's not that popular. They're going to play that narrative like crazy because that's not who pays them. Um, and that's not going to help it either. And like uh, one of the speakers said, brokers have to adjust portfolios. That does take time. That does take approvals. It's not going to be something automatic like a lot of people are expecting. It'll take two, three months, four months um, before we see anything. And that's why I really don't think – I would not expect some big pump up here. And if we see 50, I think we'll be lucky. But I don't even think we'll see that before we see – Yeah, I'm I'm,
2: I'm I'm, getting yeah, – go going to Simon. I'm trying to get Kyle back in just to kind of have an outcoin. Probably Ryan will do it with Ryan on Monday. Kind of an outpoint discussion of what we see with outcoins. Ryan was pretty bullish, and I think uh, you know he's been right as well. Um, when it comes to altcoins, Joe, what do you expect when it comes to alts? They always suffer more,
10: right? So if there's a pullback on Bitcoin, there's going to be a bigger pullback on alts, right? These alts are sure. people have made a lot of money. Uh, I've been very extremely lucky this year, and yeah, I've I've gone into riskier things than I normally would
2: would have, right? Um, because I've made money through Bitcoin. Mm. I got, I got, Kyle, Kyle. Kyle, That was quick. I just pinged you to come on. Seconds later, you're here. Um, I I wanted to ask you because I know you cover Alts on your show significantly. um, What do you expect to see with outpoints once the ETF gets approved? And if the market does pump in the medium to long term, um, do you expect the same correlation as as always?
5: Yeah, I I do. I I think we we know how the capital rotation works. Um, I think that. When we get this announcement, probably Monday, Tuesday, uh, it will, I think I, I'm already starting to see it actually right now is, is um, sucking a lot of liquidity out of alts. And that's where the focus is going to be on Bitcoin um, leading up. But then I've talked about it in, in many other videos. I, I I do believe that we're going to have a strong narrative back as soon as the ETF starts trading on the stock exchanges. Um, the next, we, we know this from market psychology, It's it's like once you have, uh an altcoin or whatever that eventually gets listed on binance like there's nowhere else for it to go so we it just loses all steam at that at that point usually depending on if that thing has like a lot of value or not but like that is the run-up usually to an exchange listing we've seen this before um and it's kind of bad to give you an example of like pepe and bonk but we also saw that with the futures and the and the cboe and stuff like that uh and also yeah so so I expect that once we have, um, like the once the Bitcoin is listed, you know the spot ETF is listed on the exchanges, like that's that's the end of of that hype cycle where Bitcoin and, sucks liquidity. Then then it, and- it filters to, to to ETH. Then we see ETH and uh, lar- other large caps start to pump after that, and then rotation into like smaller medium caps. So, so, so,
2: many many people know you from YouTube now, and, and and covering a lot of different altcoins and meme coins. But I want to ask Kyle, the, the Master ventures VC Kyle. What about VC funding? Has that started picking up? How lagging will it be? And are you seeing a lot of a lot more projects launch? And how's their performance? Because that usually takes longer. It's like more midway throughout the bull market that you start seeing that to be picking up. No.
5: Yeah. I, I, so we're seeing um, more more funding coming uh, a bit easier now. It's it's definitely like. Uh, actually a lot more deals are coming uh, every single day to me, like in, in masses. And, uh, and then as a launch pad too, you know, we're on next week, we, we will be announcing everything that we've been doing over the past two years as a launch pad. But, um, that interest is, is, is starting to show up a lot too. So people are, what, what has been happening is that like a lot, if you're not a, a huge VC with a hundred million dollar plus fund you've essentially like ran out of liquidity over the past, you know, two years. And so people are just waiting for liquidity events. We've all deployed a huge amount of capital from this second half of the bull run where projects ended up not launching because they wanted to launch in better markets, holding all of that, uh, you know, momentum and a lot of projects failed through the bear market. And now we're coming into our first liquidity events in like three years where we actually have some liquidity to, to redeploy. So, Um, So people are getting ready for this. Some people have been holding some dry powder on the sidelines and we're starting to see them start deploying that now. Uh, But people are looking for more favorable vesting terms as well. And so people are having to restructure to to get capital. And
2: how, can you can you can you compare to the how do you how do you see this bull market? I think it is one of your videos that you said this will be the last crazy bull market we see in crypto uh, before things uh, finally mature. Do you expect this bull market to be crazier than last year? Because uh, we had a debate a few months ago whether this bull market meets cotton and ran, whether we're going to see a similar bull market to last year, or things are going to be a bit more. A bit less, uh, less
0: scammy. There's less already there's already all coins going thousands of x, and we haven't <laughs> no, even I started. Oh, it's, yeah. I, listen, I know Rand was of the uh, we'll never see mm-hmm. altcoin seasons like we did in the past. I think he revived that. I think that uh, you guys, not you guys, but people generally underestimate. Just how degenerate these tradfi guys that are going to be coming into this space are, and just how much capital they have, and they are going to literally lose their fucking minds yeah. this, this when they the- find out about when they find out about altcoins and get past Bitcoin, which they inevitably will.
5: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this this will be this will be the largest, uh, in my opinion, the largest bull ma- bull market we've ever seen, uh, and that's why I also made that statement that I think it'll be the last, the last, the last bull market where we're able to make. Insane gains, um, and there's going to be the freedom to to do the kind of things that we're doing today. That uh, and the opportunities to make money. There's going to be a lot more regulatory restrictions ar- around the world. Um, you know, in four years from now, in the next in the next cycle, that won't allow this. But mostly, we're going to get a huge influx of capital, and that rotation of capital is going to go from Bitcoin into alts, um, and so we're going to see a massive, massive altcoin season. Um, but I, I do think that it the law of diminishing returns will kick in. Uh, on the following cycles, this one I believe will be exceptional cycle. This what we subscribe to this idea of the super cycle, and then we will see the law of diminishing returns kick in. Um, subsequent cycles after that.
4: Tom, what do you think? Yeah, maybe I can just hop in here. So, um, just for uh, an overview. So, you know, Kyle uh, started Master Ventures and, and built a broader organization. I uh, now run the, the VC arm. So, just wanted to add a, a bit more color there. Um, we, we work on deals together every day. So, on, you know, uh, we're seeing uh, that. To- Sorry, Tom,
2: this is Tom for Master Ventures as well. Correct. Oh, for, uh, Former, yeah, I, I formerly she... of Masari. Formerly
0: of Masari. Formerly, no, oh, formerly okay. of Masari. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. My bad. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, yeah. Cool. No, so I just wanted to get more color on the market. So we're seeing rounds close uh, extremely fast. Rounds that would take, you know, weeks and months to close and trying to sort of hoover up capital are basically ping us and say, hey, we're oversubscribed right now. We're closing in the next few weeks. Um, We're seeing almost every project that had TGE in Q, so token generation event in Q2, Q3, pushing it up to February, uh, March. So just looking at our portfolio right now, we have 30 plus investments. I think like eight to 10 of them are going to do token generation events in Q1. And you're seeing this across the venture space. So, you know, my mental model is we're going to see an influx of all these new tokens and it's going to be, you know, a crazy bonanza on Twitter, on YouTube, trying to figure out which of these projects make sense which is the new kind of hot alt uh, L1, where are the airdrops? And you're going to have not only the Twitter DJs that wanting to get in on this, but you're going to have like those TradFi guys who are seeing like their nephew make uh, 10, 100x, like, oh my God, what am I doing? How am I missing out on this stuff? So you know, that's just another backdrop here is like, once you see all these tokens come out, there's money to be made. And you better believe like the TradFi folks want to make money, whether it's in freaking, you know, bonds or whether it's in, you know, Chiba Inu, like it doesn't matter. These guys yeah. just want to make money.
2: I think think what we should do, Scott, on Monday, I'm not sure if you did it this week, but on Monday, we should do the um, uh, kind of narrative discussion. What narratives will will lead this next bull market? We've covered it a few times. Uh, Just a a few bits and pieces of news that happened. I think we should just do a quick recap of the news. We do have uh, the Twitter account, the ex-account of Cedric got hacked. The auditing firm apparently got hacked. Cedric, 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 yeah. Okay, they've spelled the subject, so my bad. Certain got hacked. We've got Celsius to unstake thousands of ether. Um, we have the Australian Treasury to question regulator over hyperverse. Do you know much about Hyperverse? The, the crypto scheme. Nothing. All right, cool. Well that's being looked into. South Korea. Oh, that's interesting. South Korean regulators is seeking to ban a ban on crypto purchases with credit cards. we uh, we got Kathy Wood selling another four million dollars in Co- in Coinbase, and lastly, Logan Paul. Um, and the saga with uh, the NFT project CryptoZoo, as a bit of back and forth between him and and the YouTuber uh, Coffeezilla. So Logan Paul's committed 2.3 million dollars to buy back CryptoZoo NFTs. Um, it's kind of the, now that the bull market is, here, he wants to make he wants to kind of fix his past mistakes so he can do it again. I guess in this bull market lost Yeah, I think there's a
0: contingency that you uh, sign that you get a <laughs> yeah, refund exactly. on the purchase price, but you can't <laughs> sue him. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but yeah, then and then. Um, In the agreement you'll have to buy his next nft or there'll be 2.3 million dollars of nft equivalents of his next project um but i think that's it we've covered everything scott anything else on your own
0: no i mean i just hope this thing gets approved so we can stop talking about it you're dying just don't uh, Um, i'm over it yeah yeah but but i put out i put out i wasn't the only
2: one i thought i was a few of us got a lot of information that the approval could come in today um but hasn't happened yet. But I, I put out a post. I thought I'd be one of the the first, and I think um, two others. The the one of our regular speakers. What's her name? She put out a similar post.
0: Um, Eleanor. 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 To today. Know. She was supposed to be here today. She, she uh, is too good for us now.
2: Yeah. So Eleanor, who we'll bring her on on Monday. But uh, she put out a similar post. I haven't. I probably should ping her see what her sources are. Probably have the same sources on this one. Um, she put out a similar post. I could get a today. I think it's any day now. Um, but um,
4: yeah, I think that's it. I just don't want
0: to – like, I, I said I said to NLW on our show today on Friday, I was like, you literally kill me if we're talking next week about when the Bitcoin spot ETF is going to be approved. I mean, I, it, and we've been waiting long enough. I think we
6: need to get this thing done. Dave, what are you about to say? I was gonna say, you gotta watch out for your wife. She's even more tired of it than you, obviously. Oh man, she's what, what, she's killing me. be. Yeah.
2: what is she oh, okay, yeah, yeah. About the shots. That's what Rand was talking well, about. Well, she
0: tweeted say say like basically like, you know, pulp fiction, say ETF one more time, I dare you, you know, and then said we have to do a shot every time we say ETF. And then I guess Ran ran kind of ran with it on his show and was literally doing vodka shots. Uh, every time you said ETF approval, uh, which is, you know, Rand can do that on Friday and South Africa time. I can't do that on a 9 a.m. show in, uh, in, uh, in Florida. Cool. Well, I well, guess I can, uh, but.
2: Uh, happy New Year, everyone, and uh, we'll see everyone uh, on Monday.